Hello, and welcome to Kinetic Conversations. I'm Jim Sparrow. Our guest today is Raymond Lukens, who is on location at Fort Wayne Ballet this week teaching the ABT National Training Curriculum for American Ballet Theater. First, a bit about our guest. Raymond Lukens had an international career as a ballet dancer. As a performer, Mr. Lukens toured extensively and danced in works choreographed by Nijinska, Van Dyke, Balanchine, Skibine, Petapa, and Bournonville, among others. After retiring from the stage, Mr. Lukens earned teaching qualifications, acquiring in the UK the Enrico Cicchetti Diploma and a Fellowship of the Imperial Society of Teachers of Dancing. For ABT, Mr. Lukens created the syllabi for the ABT New York University Master's Degree in ABT Ballet Pedagogy, was a faculty member of the ABT Jackie Kennedy Onassis School, and ballet master for the ABT Studio Company. Before joining ABT, Mr. Lukens was director of Boston Ballet 2 and ballet master for Boston Ballet and for the ballet companies in Hartford, Cincinnati, and Calgary's Alberta Ballet. He staged ballets from the classical repertoire and by choreographers Kirk Peterson and Stanton Welch. Mr. Lukens has taught for American Ballet Theater, ABT Studio Company, the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, the Juilliard School, Dance Theater of Harlem, National Ballet of Uruguay, and the Basel Ballet School. Together with Franco DeVita, Mr. Lukens directed the Hamlin School of Dance in Florence, Italy, and authored the ABT National Training Curriculum. Raymond, welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You are here teaching this week, specifically the National Training Curriculum I mentioned. So let's jump right in. Why the need or the advantage for a national curriculum? Well, most ballet teaching programs are based on the idea of training only professional dancers. And the vast majority of the dance students will not become professional dancers. We can equate dance training with sports. Everybody studies sports, but very few people will actually get into a professional team. But the experience is a positive one, one of growth, one of development for each individual. And ballet had never been approached that way. It was always done in a way to create a professional dancer. So the vast majority of dance students were not getting the benefits that they could get because it was just too strenuous. So American Ballet Theater felt the need to create a program that would be inclusive for all dance student populations. So you have an extensive career in education, but as a dancer, were you interested in training in education? Not at all. (laughs) Not at all? Not at all. I I have kind of a photographic memory for choreography, so Mm -hmm. I thought that I would become a ballet master. And while I was a dancer, I was often asked, uh, well, when I, I was a dancer a long time ago, so we didn't have the videos and we didn't have the kind of equipment that dancers have now. So we basically based our resetting of ballets on memory. And the choreographers noticed that I remembered not only my part, but I remembered the parts of the others. I just would sit down and without wanting to, I just memorized it. So I thought that that would be my career to be a ballet master. Teaching is something we're all familiar with in some aspect. We're all affected by teachers. Because of that, we have experiences of teachers that are both positive and negative. So who were some of the teachers who had the greatest impact on you and why? The teacher that had a great deal of impact on me to begin with was not a ballet teacher. Mm-hmm. He was my fourth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And I went to a wonderful little school in New York City called St. Luke's School. And our fourth grade teacher, Mr. Alexander, he was magical. He created magic. So in fourth grade, we were doing Macbeth and Midsummer Night's Dream, and it all came alive. And that's that whole experience of his enthusiasm and his, his making it so much fun 
I mean, we were fourth graders. We were learning Macbeth. It was crazy. And he was the first person that inspired me. A bad experience was, or let's say I did not trust a teacher who would say to me, without me, you will never do anything. And so I always shun away from those kind of teachers. But I did have some very magical teachers in New York City when I was growing up as a student. I had Richard Thomas and Barbara Fallis, who were beautiful teachers, uh, Madame Valentina Perislavic, uh, Mr. Leon Danilian. So I had some really wonderful, wonderful teachers. It's amazing how many experiences I think everybody has that they can pull back to an experience with a teacher at some point, a very formative Right, and, and in a way, when I think back for teaching, for my having become a teacher, I think that the person that had the most influence on me was a jazz, acro, and tap teacher, Charles Kelly, hmm. in New York, because his program was extraordinarily systematized. He had a six-level tap program, a six-level acrobatics program, six-level jazz program, and he was so systematized, which I had not really noticed in ballet to the degree that he had it. He would say, these two weeks we do this, which is going to build up to this other thing, which is going to build up to this other thing. And basically, in a year of training with Chuck Kelly, I was doing backflips, aerial cartwheels. I was doing crazy stuff, which I never imagined I would be able to do in such a short time. When we talk about curriculum, especially ballet curriculum, people may be familiar with Vaganova, may be familiar with Chiquetti. But when we talk about the American School for Variety of Arts Disciplines, music, art, in many cases that's really taking the best of other curriculums and codifying it in a way that's truly American and adaptable. Do you see that as sort of the way that the curriculum for American ballets are different? It's a little different because the Vaganova system or the Chiquetti method are highly specific. There's a very clear track that they want to follow. While American Ballet Theater wants to, yes, have clarity, but have also flexibility. Because in our reality, we're dancing such a vast uh, variety of repertoire so that the dancers have to have the dexterity to move from one style to the other. So ABT had an artistic retreat, and one of the issues that came forth was that some dancers who had been trained in a highly specific style were having a great deal of difficulty moving to another style, which of course meant financial grief for the company because they had to spend so much more money on rehearsals. But more importantly, it also caused dancers to be injured because it was a foreign movement track. So they had to retrain and we had to be really careful so the dancers wouldn't get injured. Taking a slight riff off of that conversation about curriculum and codifying ideas around teaching, fundamentals. When we talk about fundamentals as building blocks or foundations for what comes next as well as mastering what has been in terms of repertoire and whatever the discipline may be, what do you think the biggest changes are that a dancer needs to be able to do or understand today maybe that wasn't the case 20 years ago? Well, I think already 20 years ago, dancers had to have this flexibility, but there was not a training system that was really helping them, or they were strictly Vagana, or unless they were uh, very, very clever dancers. Um, I was very lucky to work with Rudolf Nureyev extensively, and he was always in search of other types of movement, so even though he was strictly trained Vaganova. But the trend was that dancers or companies had a very specific look 
a very specific style. And now dancers need to be able to shift from style to style. And the experiment of shifting styles started in 1909, really, but it didn't become a world trend as it is now. So taking a step back and looking through the prism as a dancer again, now that you're a teacher and have been teaching as much as you have, what do you wish that you knew as a dancer that you know now through your teaching that you've learned that would be nice to have known when you were dancing? Oh, dear. Um, I think I should have learned patience because uh, I wanted so badly to succeed that I sometimes overworked. So it's just having that sense of measure. But of course, when you're young, you really don't have that wisdom. You tend to want to go forward and you're invincible. But then when you know that if you take things a step at a time, it actually lengthens your career as a dancer. My generation of dancers usually stop dancing around 35. And nowadays, dancers are going well into their 40s and women well into their 50s. So it's, it's a different... Now we have cross-training. We have lots of other things that are helping dancers have a much longer and healthier career than my generation did. So talking about the field of dance, all art forms are evolving and they're communicating with various audiences. What do you think dance as a field is doing well to engage in that conversation and maybe what could it do better? Well, there, there's something really interesting about dance. Dance is a little bit like poetry. Sometimes poetry, the words are not making sense, but they evoke an emotion. They, it becomes visceral. Dancing communicates through body language. Usually great artists have this wonderful ability to layer their movements in a way that the spectator completely understands it, but not intellectually, it becomes visceral. So they come out and they're transported and they don't really know exactly why. And that's the magic of dancing. I mean, dancing also not needing words means that people that come, it's universal. So basically anybody from anywhere in the world with their different languages can understand that, what is being said or what is being transmitted because it is on such a deep human level. So understanding that one of the obvious elements of a dancer's training and ability to be a dancer is technique and fundamentals and mastering those, there are other things. So when you think about being a dance student, what are the things they should be doing as a life student to prepare them to be dancers, to be artists? I think the most important thing to remember is that dancing is not important. People are important. So dancing becomes important, acquires importance, when it touches people, when it makes people's lives better, whether you're the artist on stage or whether you're the spectator. So the value of it is actually in that, let's say, ideal of, of making people's lives better. And it's one of the reasons why ABT wanted to create this program that would encompass and include all dance populations. With such a varied career and having done so many things, both as a dancer and restaging and choreographing and teaching and all these other elements within the field, is there anything that you haven't done that you'd like to do next? <laughs> I would like to go to Bora Bora. So, <laughs> but... Uh, I think I've done a lot. I'm 70 years old and I count my lucky stars and 
Dancing brought me a career that was magical, and I got to learn to speak many languages because I went living all over Europe, and then I traveled to Australia, to Asia, to Africa, in South America too. So I've been to every continent in the world. And when I was a kid, it was, who would have thought? I never would have imagined. And then dancing has made me realize that people all over the world are the same. I go to Japan, I see the children reacting exactly the same way as they did in Africa, as exactly the same way as they do in Australia, exactly the same way as we do here in America or in South America. It's, it's really amazing to realize that we're really a nation of people all over the world. And, and it's that, that, that sense of being universal is the greatest gift that I think that I received from dancing. Raymond, thank you for talking with us today. It's a great pleasure, and it's been an honor to be invited to Fort Wayne Ballet. It's such a, a, an incredible experience, and also to have such a high standard of dancing. I see the dancers, the, the standard is so extraordinary, a truly international standard, so it's, it's a great, great pleasure. We'll look forward to having you back. I'm looking forward to being back. Thank you. That's our show, brought to you by the Fort Wayne Ballet and with the support of University of St. Francis. Our guest today was Raymond Lukens, and my co-producers are Madison Cafaro and John Dawkins. To learn more about the ballet and hear our podcasts, please visit us at fortwayneballet.org. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thank you for listening to Kinetic Conversations. <laughs>